Welcome to Cork Credit Union's uh, podcast. I'm Gary Hannon from Douglas Credit Union, putting unity back into community. So welcome to the latest episode of Cork Credit Union's podcast. I'm delighted to welcome David Malone. I hope I get your title right here, Dave, with Interim CEO of the League of Credit Unions. That's correct, Gary, yeah. Good stuff. It's kind of, you have to get those kind of things right. Um, I suppose if I was to call you the CEO, I'd be given out to, but Interim CEO for now. And who knows? Um, so, Dave, just for everyone who's listening, just give us a brief introduction of yourself and your your history within the the credit union movement. Sure, Gary. Yeah, uh, listen, it's great. Just it's great to be on the podcast here today. I've listened to many of the podcasts. And I think you know they're really interesting. So great to have the opportunity to be here today as well. And um, my own background, Gary, is I spent over ten years in PwC, uh, the Big Four, and uh, the audits audit area there. Worked in a number of different industries there. Aircom was one of my key audit clients in particular, and I went through lots of different uh, changes of ownership in that time, actually. So a very interesting audit also could be very challenging at times, but learned an awful lot from it. Uh, joined the league about six years ago, and I've historically had a dual role here. One is in terms of head of finance, so very much the internal finance workings here in the league, but also a deputy CEO role as well. And that's been really interesting because it's given me the opportunity to be involved in a number of strategic projects across the sector. I know we're going to probably touch a few a few of them today, uh, Gary, as well. But I think I found that aspect really important really interested in engaging with credit unions on the ground, hearing what their issues are. And I think as well, redefining the league role in respect to supporting credit unions in, in, in their initiatives as well. Great stuff. So you've had a good, I suppose, build up to, to prepare yourself for where you are now in the position you're, you're holding at the moment. Um, Dave, just in terms of, I think it's a really exciting time at the moment for, for credit unions in general and the potential opportunities that, that are there. Uh, how do you feel credit unions are? What kind of position they're in at the moment? Yeah, I think it's really exciting as well, Gary. I think there's been great developments in the last couple of years in the sector. Um, and they really do provide a great blueprint to take the sector forward. If you look at the sector itself, you look at credit unions, we all know they're renowned for their reputation. Second in the RevTrack Awards just recently, seven years in a row, the Customer Experience Awards. And that's absolutely fantastic. And it's, it's a great te- te- testament to the whole sector. Credit unions like yourselves, Gary, the way you've supported your members, particularly through COVID. I think one of the challenges for the sector now, and this is where it's exciting as well, although it's an awesome opportunity, is to convert that trust into, into member activity and further member of activity. So that's we know we have a great presence in the personal lending market. 40% share there, we're market leading. But I think now there's a role for us to extend our offerings and really focus on supporting members across their full life cycle. And I think that's where it'll be really interesting as we as we look towards collaborations. And also I think that essence of that community banking proposition, that's where I think credit unions can really fill the gap that's out there. We know banks are leaving the, the, the financial services sector and credit unions have a great opportunity now to fill the gap. How do you see or how would you propose that credit unions would turn that trust into member activity? Yeah, so I think I think one thing is, and we've done a lot of international research, Gary, ourselves here in the league, and we, we all know that the, the loan has a ratio in credit unions is down about 26% in the Republic of Ireland at the moment. And one thing when we compare that to international jurisdictions is that the other jurisdictions like USA, Canada, New Zealand, and so on, their loan has ratios are up at 60 to 80%. And why is that? The reason for that, Gary, is that those other areas of international jurisdictions have real presence in mortgages and business lending in particular. And that's where we see, I think, credit unions can play a very important role now in increasing their footprint in mortgages and SME lending. 
And I suppose the essence is how they're going to do that. And we would strongly feel that the real way to do that is through collaboration, bringing together a collective might to really play a proper role in, in those areas. Yeah, no, and, and you, you, I suppose it has been seen in the last couple of years with uh, credit unions across the country who've, I suppose, dipped their toes into the mortgage market. Um, it's still very early days from that point of view. Do you think credit unions are competitive at the moment? Yeah, so, so we've been looking at the mortgage market a good bit ourselves. So so credit unions at the moment, and there's a number of credit unions, Gary, who do have a, a really good a good mortgage offering, you know, strong mortgage offering. They're getting good traction on it. But if you look at it across the sector, credit unions have about 260 million in mortgages at the moment, and the average mortgage is about 100,000 euro. So it really does mean that across an averages, credit unions don't really have a significant footprint there. And we're looking, I suppose, at developing that proposition because with KBC and Ulster Bank leaving, they had about 25% market share in the mortgages. So that means post their exits, the mortgage market now is going to be dominated by three players. And that's the three pillar banks. They're going to have up to 90% of the mortgage market. And we strongly feel credit unions now can really harness again their collective might and put together a national mortgage proposition. And we're working at the moment on a very exciting initiative, which I might talk to you a little bit about here today and that's a, a cross-sectoral mortgage cruiser. And do you, when you say so a national mortgage proposition would would that be every obviously for those people who don't know like every, every credit union works independently and they set their own rates would that be a set rate across for every credit union? Yeah so, so the essence of this mortgage cruiser is very much about trying to work towards standardisation and what I mean by that is, to answer your question, Gary, is we would envisage that credit unions who are part of this mortgage coup so ultimately will produce a headline credit union mortgage product and rates. So what you'd ultimately have is you'd have advertisements on the TV, the radio, in the press, in local press, and that would have a clear message on it. Credit union mortgage is starting from X percent of a rate and it will be a potentially a fixed rate product as well. And I suppose what's really important about that product is it's not just about offering the lowest rate, and we don't think it may be the lowest rate, but it certainly will be a competitive rate, and it will be a consistent rate. But in addition to that as well, it would work on the service and the trust that credit unions are renowned for. So effectively, this will be a centralized CUSO structure, which will give the opportunity for credit unions who want to still maintain the mortgages on their own accounts, on their own balance sheets, as we call it, that they can actually use the services of the mortgage CUSO. And those services will be things like digital journey. So that would mean digital apps that the member can interact with during the member journey to make the process extremely smooth. And they would integrate with the existing credit union systems, but also in terms of marketing. So having a more national approach to the marketing, consistency of message, consistency of branding, during this project, when we've spoken to many credit unions, one of the things that's really jumped out of us is that a lot of members of the public don't know credit unions actually can do mortgages in the first place. So we strongly feel that this proposed mortgage CUSO can really address that. And would would there be a timeline on that, David, when that would be implemented or when you're looking at it, have it implemented? Yeah, so, so at the moment, Gary, we've got a steering committee now put in place and that steering committee, very importantly, and I'll emphasise this again as cross-sectoral. So that involves myself from the ILCU, Kevin Johnson, CEO of CUDA, and five credit union CEOs from a multitude of different credit unions, such as industrial, community and different geographic areas around Ireland. 
So that steering committee has been in place. We've, we've asked credit unions to issue to advise us if they're interested in expression of interest. We have expression of interest forms. We'd be happy to share that with you later for your listeners. Um, and after that expression of interest, we collect those expressions of interest. And we're hoping to migrate into pulling together a business case in respect of this mortgage CUSO. And that business case we would expect to have available and completed in the next two to three months. We will then, from using that business case, migrate out to boards of credit unions CEOs, chairs, vice chairs, etc., and discuss the principles around the business case. And what will be fundamental to that business case will be very comprehensive. It will also look at the potential initial investments that credit unions would have to make in the mortgage CUSO. And importantly, we see that more this mortgage CUSO as being owned by credit unions themselves. So very much replicating successful models already out there in the marketplace. It's, it, it sounds like a no-brainer for credit unions because at the end of the day, it's long-term income. Um, and it may secure the future of some credit unions that may be struggling a little bit from that front. I would say that, Gary, yeah, because it, like we, we've done a few numbers. So in the mortgage market itself at the moment, there's there's 11 billion of loans written every year. Now, if you put that into perspective, that the credit union loan book at the moment is 4 billion, which is primarily just personal loans. So we, we've done some maths on this, and we would strongly feel that credit unions could aim to get about 5 billion which would be only 5% of the ultimate mortgage book. And that 5 billion, if we apply that into the, the loan book we currently have and the assets of credit unions, we'll get credit union loan as a ratio over 50%. So it's quite fundamental, only 5% of the mortgage loan book would get the loan to the ratio up to 50%. So as you say, we do think it's, you know, it's really a no brainer. It's something that, you know, credit unions should focus on and we're gonna support them now with this business case, hopefully to help them in this regard. Perfect, no, that's great. Uh, just to move on to something now, I, I, I'd like to get your view, viewpoint on it and I suppose it might be a bit contentious in terms of the current accounts because it's a great that credit unions now are offering current accounts and it's a great offering. It's it, They're very competitive. But there's two current accounts now, being off, two different current accounts being offered by credit unions. Realistically, there probably should be only one. It could offer some confusion amongst the public when they see two different current accounts. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I agree with you. And I think, you know, I was on radio recently on this and with Pat Kenny and News Talk, and he asked, you know, a very important question. He asked about standardization in the sector. And I think this is particularly applies to current accounts. And I think what is help, what would be helpful, I suppose, in the current accounts market, without a doubt, is to have a consistent offering. Now, there is definitely developments in that area, particularly, um, you know, both, both parties, Kusop and Payak, are interacting with each other in a social media campaign that's going to launch very shortly. And that's really vital, given, as we as we've mentioned earlier on, the exits of Ulster Bank and KBC. There's a number of current accounts, obviously, out there that now need to find a home, including my own. <laughs> I was an Ulster Bank customer for, for a while myself. So, you know, so again, that's a very important piece, I think, to have a unified offering. Um, at the moment, I think on the plus side of this, there's about over nearly 70 credit unions now offering current accounts, and that's in over 250 locations across the country, 2 million members. I think, you know, as a sector, we need to focus on increasing our current account footprint. I think it's fundamental. And um, if, if we go back to my earlier point about credit unions being a credible, credible alternative to banks, we have to have a significant amount of current accounts in the network. That's something we need to migrate to further. 
Um, and I would think that that's something we need to focus on as a sector, not just in current accounts in isolation, Gary, but also the interaction of those current accounts with other products that credit unions could offer. So, for example, I mentioned mortgages earlier on. We could have a linkage between a current account and a mortgage where you get a special rate or perhaps a special fee if you have a current account, but also have a mortgage. And similarly as well, we could migrate to having business current accounts and link that into business loans. So it's again, it's providing that overall connected suite of services and offerings to a credit union member. And um, what I would say as well, I was speaking to a number of the, you know, Akkus and Payak about current accounts. And actually what we have seen is there's been a fourfold increase in the number of people who have been switching current account provider to credit unions in quarter one this year versus last year. So already there's a significant move across. But again, Gary, back to your original point, I fully agree with you. You know, it's we need to work on a sector towards having a very consistent unified offering and i think that would be beneficial to, to credit unions and obviously ultimately the credit union member yeah because i suppose it is important that i suppose everyone works together because it's something we're doing ourselves um in cork at june so we we've kind of set up a, a different kind of we're doing a campaign between credit unions in cork who both offer the who offer the the, the my cu and the, the payac um and we're, we're going to work together on a campaign uh, promoting that over the next couple of months and I think it's, it's it's vital that we can work together and that it's not seen as a competition as such um, and it should be interesting yeah, to see, exactly. see it's just getting the message right I suppose without confusing any potential members uh, of the different offerings I fully agree with you because you, you know as you've said it there yourself it's not a competition in the credit union sector we should be competing with the Revoluts the N26s and the banks of course and I think that would give us, you know, more opportunity to think about the future as well, you know, of current accounts. Because as you know yourself, I don't use a debit card anymore. And there's, and I know current account offerings now do offer Apple Pay, Google Pay, yeah, Fitbit. Yeah. But there's many different things going down the line. There's even mention, and I was at the retail banking forum recently, there was mention of a digital euro in the future as well. So there's a lot of exciting developments in the payment space. I think we as a sector need to collaborate and put all our resources together. So we're focusing on those new developments to you know help the credit union sector in the future. Perfect. Uh, one thing I see a lot, I've seen a lot on social media and a couple of members might mention it, when they've seen we, we we started offering mortgages and then current accounts and they're kind of coming back to us, so they're becoming more like the banks. What would you say? What's the best way of getting it across? Because we're still, and I can speak on behalf of my own credit union in Douglas and other credit unions, lads I deal with down in West Cork or East Cork, wherever we talked on a regular basis, still heavily involved within the community, whether it's sports clubs or, or, or charity or whatever it is. It's trying to get a happy balance there how would you get that message across to members? Yes, it's an excellent question, Gary, actually. And I think that's something that's really critical is that, you know, I'm speaking earlier on about increasing our product and service offering. And I think absolutely, you know, the credit union sector should do that. I think there's a, a real determination, as you said, in the credit union sector to do that. However, we can't lose our identity. And I think the important thing is we don't do, lose our unique selling position. Our unique selling point is, as you've said, we are community focused. We have a community ethos. We put the member first. You know, we're a completely different details to the banks. If we became like the banks, I think, you know, we would we would just disappear. I feel I think we subsumed into the big banking world. So it is important to develop those new product and service offerings. However, and I think in some ways they will help strengthen our ethos and our service to members because going back to my earlier point, if we provide mortgages, SME business loans, we are giving more services to our communities. They're very community focused services, mortgages to homeowners, improving 
houses and you know giving them the chance to own their own house local businesses in the local community supporting them with business loans we've seen cultivate obviously from the agri lending proposition particularly doing that and i think it's important though as we develop those propositions and certainly something we'll be doing as we develop this mortgage CUSO business case is that we ensure that when we're doing this we continue to keep the ethos that we have and the high levels of service and trust we have has been a paramount part of the offering. And I think that's critical. And um, another area, Gary, that I'm look, we're looking at at the moment here, and you, you've touched on it, is community lending. And um, we, we can see that there's actually not a significant amount of community lending at the moment across the sector. There is an individual credit unions. However, what we're really trying to look at here is trying to forge partnerships and relationships to actually enhance that community lending itself. And um, I know there's a different type of skill set when you're looking at community loans. However, we'd be looking to, on a collaborative basis, to support credit unions in terms of developing that kind of skill set. So it could be a shared resource. And I think, again, that would help enhance the community elements of credit unions. Um, but you're quite right. We need to be very careful that we, we maintain the community ethos has been paramount in any of these new developments. Yeah, no, it, it is vital because that's what a lot of members come to their credit union for and um, that's how they, I suppose, the first time they might come across it is they might see local sponsorship of a local team or street leagues or whatever it is and they say that's their first interaction with them and it really usually is the first time uh, their children has their first first interaction if they're six or seven they come in and open up their account for their, their communion money or whatever it is was are usually most people's first um, experience within the credit union. Um, exactly, because I'm even thinking, as you're saying that, Gary, um, you know, current accounts, and going back to that for a moment, I mean, the, the advantage, if we look at that now with community ethos, and this is something that, you know, we feel strongly about as a sector, is when when when, when members are switching or from Ulster Bank, my mother and father, for example, switching from Ulster Bank into a credit union current account, what they did actually, what they found really helpful was, it wasn't just the online ability to do that, which I know was great, you know, there's great online apps now that help credit union, our members, you know, switch across the current accounts, but actually able to go into the, the office of the credit union, sit down and get that help one-to-one. That was vital. My mother and father in their 70s, they wouldn't be uh, IT, you know, strong in the IT space. They found that really helpful. And I think that's the credit union difference. And we should never lose that, you know, that that, that we have that kind of that relationship with members, uh, one-to-one relationship. So I think it's building on that, but also, you know, the IT where it's needed to the younger members, but I think also having that that personal touch, we, we should never lose that. And that's something that we have to be very much a gatekeeper of in the sector. I think the younger members too, I, I know they obviously they're, they like everything now. I suppose they want everything in their hand and uh, available at their fingertips. But I've seen in in our own office in Douglas, they did they, they are coming in to branch. They're not just doing everything online. They want to see someone in person as well, especially if you're taking out a loan. It's a big deal, um, and they want to see all the facts and figures and everything down in front of them. And they having that personal touch and having someone to talk to makes an awful dif- difference. It does. And, and, you know, thinking about that credit union difference, Gary, as well, and another area that, you know, is very much in our mind is around sustainability and the green agenda. Um, I think this is an area where, you know, credit unions can really play an important role and it fits really so well in with the ethos of the sector. Um, you, you're probably aware the ILCU has been working on the See Your Greener Homes project. Yeah. That's a national initiative with Energia and a one-stop shop house to home. And effectively what that does is it provides loans to members of credit unions 
where they can actually apply for grants through the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland and get retrofits to their homes and get their homes and increase their homes in terms of what's that building efficient rating. And it can ultimately achieve in terms of comfort to the home. It can also save in energy bills. I think what, what we need to do as a sector on this and just being frank and open about it is we have a, 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 another two offerings in the marketplace as well. I think as a sector, what we need to do is, is bring them together, have a unified green offering um, and not just for retrofit loans, but actually having them migrating that into other green areas, such as, for example, green business loans, and um, also, for example, obviously electric cars. And I think I think the opportunities there are endless. And I think also, you know, credit unions are very a great natural fit for that. Uh, the green agenda, credit union sustainability, fits so well. I think that's as a sector we should really focus on developing that. But again, I think it's cross-sectoral, so it's having a consistent approach across the sector. Back to your earlier point, Gary, on current accounts, I think the member of the public needs to see a consistent message in, say, on green lending across the sector, also on current accounts, as you said, and also mortgages. And I think that's the key for this as we develop the credit union sector and fill that alternative to the banks is that we have a, a message that the member of the public sees as being consistent. They understand it's credit unions. And that probably also looks, and I know you're close to this, Gary, in terms of branding, that we have a consistent type of branding and, and a consistent type of value set around credit union offerings that the member of the public can quickly and easily identify with. Yeah, 100%. And the, I think the green loans is probably a sleeping giant at the moment. It hasn't really probably taken off for the banks either. Uh, as much as people would have thought, the same with, I suppose, electric car ownership. Um, and people, I suppose, once they get that little bit more education in relation to retrofitting of their homes and everything else and how it works, that's when we'll really see it kick off. Uh, I still think it hasn't gotten to the levels, anywhere near the levels that it's capable of. Absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, you've seen there the Climate Action Plan has a, a target of 500,000 homes to have a building efficient rating B2 by 2030. And they've recently, Sustainability Energy Authority have recently launched new grants as well. And um, so there is a great opportunity there. There's going to be a, a much bigger drive on that in the coming years. And I think if we get ourselves set up as a sector now on those initial developments that have you know, been put together very well, you know, amalgamating them, having a consistent offering and putting that forward, we'll have the really right stepping stone, give the credit union sector the right base to, I think, you know, really expand into that area. I know you've touched on a couple of these already, but what do you think are the biggest challenges currently facing credit unions? I think fragmentation is a challenge, Gary, um, and we've, we've probably touched on it. I think, you know, I think I think we've, that's one of the big challenges, I think, is fragmentation. So what we're trying to do in the ILCU um, is very much have a focus, not what's good for the ILCU necessarily, but actually what's good for the member. So looking at all of all new initiatives through the lens of the member themselves, the credit union member, I think, and really starting from that position, it's, it's quite a simple principle, but it's actually a very effective principle and very much focusing on cross-sectoral initiatives. That's why I think we see the mortgage coup. So I mentioned earlier on, I've talked about the composition of the steering committee, I think once we have that cross-sectoral approach to these initiatives, then I think that will reduce fragmentation and will help us to focus on what's good for the credit union sector and drive that forward. Um, and that's where we can really realise the full potential of credit unions locally and nationally. Um, the, the other, I think, challenge I would see as well is, is, is kind of looking at our business model of the credit unions, credit unions themselves. And, you know, I think so, I've mentioned a number of initiatives, but actually, 
we also need to probably think about how do all these initiatives fit together into a business model so we could have a a whole a mortgage CUSO initiative, a current account initiative, uh, an SME lending cultivate initiative. But actually, then we need to probably think as a sector how we bring all them together as well, because the member wants to see them as an overall package or suite of products and services that are offered. How do those services interact with each other? What's the consistency of messaging? And so you could have, you could, you know, potentially a fragmentation of all those different offerings as well. And um, so it's really important. I think we harness what the future business model looks like and, and see what the future credit union should look like and what services and products the credit union should offer. And should they be consistent from one credit union to the next? So if you're in one common bond area versus another, you're not potentially disadvantaged as a member because your credit union doesn't actually offer that particular service. So I think that's probably something we probably need to challenge our mindset on as a sector and certainly something we in the ILC are very focused on uh, going forward. Yeah, because I suppose it is important to even if we take the successes such as Cultivate, which from that wouldn't be anything because we're based just outside the city centre, so we wouldn't necessarily have the, the market for that. But for the credit unions who have taken on board, it has been a great success. Terrific. Yeah, we, 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 we were supporting cultivations, certainly, you know, strongly feel that the, the type of the cultivate model that's been put in place, Gary, you can learn so much from. And for example, the amount of training they do, they have an intensive training with credit unions on board. And when I was speaking to the cultivate guys, Gary, they made, they made a great point to me, actually. They actually said, don't be thinking so much about the loan, which sounds a bit peculiar to say that. Actually think about servicing the farmer's needs, getting engrossed in that, understand what the farmer needs first and really understand that. And then the loans will follow, if that makes sense. I think that's a really clever point, And you'd know this from the marketing point of view as well, is to really understand the product you're selling. And they've done that so well. They've also had, I think, you know, with what you'll see yourself out there, excellent advertising. You know, they've been on the front of the Farmer's Journal. And I think IFAC support them in that. And it's really effective advertising. They have a consistency of message. They have a consistent interest rate. And they have a consistent brand. And I think there's so much to learn from that type of activity as we look at other different types of loan products as well. Yeah, I suppose, because I suppose from, a, from the, an agriculture point of view, they they had a history, I suppose, they could walk into the bank manager, they knew who the bank manager was and they had a relationship with them, whereas that, those days are, they seem to be gone, um, which is obviously a, a great opportunity for the, for the credit unions offering loans, especially like Cultivate. Exactly, it is, and, and I think it is a great opportunity for them. And, and one thing we just were touching on as well for your listeners, Gary, is around Minister Fleming. Uh, Mr. Sean Fleming, has, we've been working with him with, with, with the other representative bodies about the policy framework um, so this is the policy framework. It's a legislative review of legislation for credit unions. The first one since 2012. And it's really cut, touched on a lot of areas we've been talking about today. And it's really focused on the collective, the aggregated role of credit unions. And there is principles in there which we hope will get enacted in the legislation. One is around, well, two are around the common bond. One is allowing for referral of members. So what this means is that if um, a credit union doesn't actually provide a specific service, to its member that they do have the position potential to allow for referral of their members for a neighboring credit union to provide that service. So if the credit union doesn't provide a mortgage, then you can refer the member to the other credit union, the neighboring one who could provide the mortgage. So again, I think that's a very effective potential for credit unions to, to think about that. And the other one's around loan participation. And what this means again is that, um, say potentially a large loan, this would allow for a loan to be participated between a number of different credit unions 
So it means that it doesn't just the risk isn't just for one credit union, it could be participated among a number of credit unions. And I think that again is an opportunity again for credit unions to provide that unrivaled service and if and to provide as much as possible suite of services to, to their members. So I just wanted to touch on that, but that I think that's an important development as well. And that's something we're certainly focused on. And that legislation hopefully will be enacted in the coming months. Perfect. Um Dave, I suppose in order to finish up, it's been a very insightful um, and it's great to get this perspective from the league themselves. Um, I suppose to everything that's going on, the challenges are in place and I suppose the plans for the future. As interim CEO, what are your plans while you will be interim CEO? Yeah, well, I suppose, look, look, in terms of that, I suppose it's very much a focus on strategic, um, strategic focus. So I think what we're trying to do, I suppose, is, and I'll come back to two aspects of it. One is collaboration and one is the community banking. So I think particularly driving collaboration and trying to reduce fragmentation. And I think collaboration is spoken about a lot in the sector. Um, but I think it's actually you now the, the devil's in the detail. And this means actually, I suppose, moving away from actually talking about it to actually doing it. So putting collaboration into action. And I think that's where, you know, one of the key focuses I mentioned is the mortgage coup. So I think that's a really significant project. It could be a total game changer for the sector and could certainly be very effective um, in, bringing, in bringing, I think, you know, that collaboration to show how it can actually work, how it can be so beneficial to credit unions. And I think the other aspect I touched on is that business model piece. I think, you know, that's a piece of work that as a sector and certainly the league being, you know, providing that tall leadership role, providing guidance to credit unions in terms of our views, in terms of what the business model should look like going forward and having that discussion across the sector and engaging them with credit unions to get their views on that. Because I think if we can get some clarity of focus, particularly in that vision, that will help us going forward to provide, you know, that linkage between all these different initiatives so that they are actually have a common team and common common values. Brilliant. Um, two seconds there now, Dave. I've just... Just before we finish up, Dave, on behalf of Cork Credit Unions, I'd like to thank you for your time. I know you're a very busy, very busy man. It's a very busy period. Um, we'd also like to invite you down to Cork and come visit some of the credit unions down here. Um, I think it would be beneficial, I suppose, to see what's happening in different credit unions for yourself and see what's happening in the local communities, what they're doing differently. And I suppose what we've set up here ourselves in Cork Credit Unions is a little bit different to anything that's happening around uh, and the country. Um, I know Dublin Credit Unions are looking actually to set up something similar based on what we've done and we've done actually a couple of collaborations with them as well. So you'd be welcome down here anytime. Um, the problem is you might not leave when you come down. Um, <laughs> no, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd be delighted to be down there. I'm a good League of Ireland fan, so I've been in, uh, been down to City a few times. Yeah, I'm a Shamrock Rovers fan, so I've been down there a couple of times to see Rovers play. So, uh, well, you'll no, absolutely. Next, next season again there, there anyway, Dave, and you'll be next season. We get to see them play each other next season, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully get promoted now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- <laughs> fingers crossed. So, um, thanks yeah, a million for your time, Dave. It was uh, really oh, beneficial. Sure. Look, it's, it's good to see that it is. There's a positive outlook there for Credit Tunes in the future, and there's, there's, there's plans afoot. Um, to I suppose secure to secure the long term future of credit unions. Yes, exactly. And I think I think look, we in the league are very committed to that, Gary. We're going through our own transformation process at the moment and uh we really see ourselves as being you know, providing key supports now to credit unions to realise their full potential. I think a, a lot of those opportunities you've mentioned today are very you know, they're they're very they're very aspirational, but we want to make sure they're actually delivered and that'll be our focus over the coming months. Perfect. Great stuff. Thanks Dave.